Hey guys, what's up everybody? It's been a little bit. Yes, we're going to be probably a day or two late. It's been a crazy week. I just got back from Florida last week, but then as soon as I got back, I started having to work instantly. So, <clears throat> life happened, guys. All right. Yeah, I haven't had a day off since I got back. So, it's been crazy. Today is my first day off, and she has the day off too, so it just worked out. And today is Monday, by the way. So. Holy crap, it's Monday. Yeah. I've been literally missing days of the week. I have no clue what day it is half the time. That's what you get for working in retail. I've already been home for almost a week. Like, what the fuck is going on? I know. The days went by so unbelievably fast. I literally feel, there's a lot of times where I'm like, Jen, it's it's literally almost September. Yeah. Of 2019. Around this time last year, we started planning our Halloween party. Oh, yeah. Oh, good times. Good times. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to be able to do another one this year. Oh, we probably, we most definitely will not. I mean, if we do one, it's probably not going to be decorated. It's just going to be a lot of, like, booze and playing games and shit. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure. Forcing people to listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, last year was a lot of work. We did a, a Harry Potter one, and we'll post pictures on the Instagram so that y'all can see it. Um, but it was really awesome. It was a lot of work, and it cost a lot of money because <laughs> we spent pretty much until the week before Halloween, every single weekend, we spent like $100 on oh, yeah. supplies. <laughs> it was crazy, so... Yeah, we made everything by hand. We just, like... But it was so much fun. Yeah. Like, making... Getting everything together and actually doing the stuff, I feel, is, like, more... Was more fun than actually going to the party. Because I don't remember... I got pretty drunk. I don't remember, like, the tail end of the party. I remember King's (laughs) Cup, and that's about (laughs) it. (laughs) It was really fun. It was. We had a blast. It was really, really fun. But this year, I think we should focus more on, like, haunted houses, Instead of yeah, having going a party. places, yeah. Because I was talking, my sister came in from a a place in Texas where we live, <laughs> and uh, she said that there are a ton of really awesome haunted houses and stuff, and she wants to go with us this year. So we need to look into like the best ones within a hundred miles of us. I, de- I kind of want to go to that one in Austin like we did last year. Yeah. I'm down to go as long as they don't, or as long as they're not allowed to touch us. Like, I will not go to any <laughs> of them where they're, like, interactive because I'll fuck a bitch up. I don't want to, like, part of me wants to go to those those ones that are, like, super interactive where they can, like, toss you in a freezer or put your head in a rat cage. Hell no. But then again, like, I kind of want to go to those ones that they're just allowed to get in your face and, like, push you or push you into a room. Okay. But when I was it. young, and I'm pretty sure they still do this every year, but the church, one of the churches here in our town, it, <laughs> it, um, throws a Halloween haunted house thing every year, but it's called i think hell house but it's focused on religion heavily but um they interact with you yeah it's it's all like angels and demons and so it's not like a zombie jesus trying to get you no (laughs) no it's like angels and demons and stuff okay and um they're allowed to interact with you and it's it's kind of i mean it's really it's more for children or whatever like it's not for adults, but they do do some fucking scary shit, okay? When I was in, I think I was, like, in eighth grade or so, but a couple of friends of mine and I, we got dropped off over there so that we could go to it, and then once I realized that they were allowed to touch you, I said, fuck no, I'll be out here, y'all go ahead. (laughs) And I'm glad I did, because one of my friends got shoved into a box and left there. For a couple minutes. What? Yes. A coffin. Oh, nope. (laughs) Yeah. They fucking locked her inside of it. A church. 
Okay. So no thank you. <laughs> they need Jesus. Like, that's a little intense. There's no way in hell I'm going somewhere where they can fucking lock me into a small space or touch me or anything like that because I'll get offended real quick. <laughs> <laughs> See, the point of a haunted house, like, a lot of people go there, they're like, it's so fun. I will go there because I want to be scared. Because these are like, I know that it's not real in my head, but the act of being scared in a place like that is fun because it means, I don't know, because I'm a little... The adrenaline. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. That's the word. Yeah, I mean, I get scared. I, I get scared just fine with like all the shit being around me, but once someone touches me, I don't get scared. I get mad. Like, whenever I was little... And I went to a haunted house and someone reached out and, like, snatched me up. I straight up punched them in the fucking balls. And then my dad had to take me out of there. <laughs> okay, not surprising. My dad used to throw me at the people whenever we'd go into haunted houses. Okay, so I've told you a little bit about mind seizure. I used to live in Colorado, Colorado Springs. And there was this haunted house called Mind Seizure. Epic if you live in that area. Definitely check it out. Super awesome. Um, there would be, like, we went two years in a row, and there would just be these different rooms that people would go into. Well, I went into a room that was pitch black. I had a hard time. It was going fine. But, you know, the more haunted houses that we went into, I realized I just jumped the whole story. The mind seizure one is not that important, because we got separated, and I lost my dad, and I was trying to find him. <laughs> that was the scary part. Then we went to Elitch Gardens in Denver, and they had a haunted house there every uh, every October. And whenever we would go in with my dad, we all realized that we had to grab onto him because nobody scared him. Like, they would all walk past him and come to us. <laughs> and it made me so mad. And there was this one point where they, there were these three people who were, like, getting in our face. And I was latched onto my dad. <laughs> my freaking sisters took off. They left us. They ran out the door. And my dad's over here laughing as I'm latched onto him, screaming, being like, Dad, move! No, this bastard <laughs> grabs me and, like, puts me in the corner in front of them <laughs> and has them come over and get in my face and scare me as he walks out the door. And he's like, come on, let's go. <laughs> like, you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, it's because they knew exactly who they were there to scare. Not, exactly. And it wasn't the adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good Lord. I was probably, like, 13 Ugh. That's how it was for us, too, whenever we went to ours. I was actually still probably only, like, 9 or 10 when I went to my first one. Because it was still whenever I lived um, an hour away from here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, my dad, yeah, no, they had to take me out just because, like, I immediately was like, nope, fuck this. Like, I'm gonna fight anybody who touches me. <laughs> so. Yeah, alright, but I am ready. The spirit store just opened up in the carcass of a of a store that yes. was shut down in our in our town which means halloween has started yes uh, <laughs> so i am ready this is the season i wait all year for yep me too oh, all right let's jump into it with our drinks tonight we just went super basic with some boo colada Cocktails. What if this is a pina colada? Boo colada. Well, ghost. Boo. It's white. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is this shocking about? <laughs> okay, it's a pina colada, but because she we're renamed doing it paranormal, it's a boo colada. Like Booberry crunch. <laughs> Count chocula. That is exactly <laughs> where I got the inspiration from. Do not judge me. <laughs> Now, oh my god, did they have the cereals at the store already? Shut up, Jennifer. <laughs> I went grocery shopping today, so. <laughs> oh lord. Alright. <clears throat> did we decide who's going... Wait, you said I was going first or you were going first? You can go first. Okay. Pen drop. Um, <laughs> so, this week is our paranormal week. And, uh, again, we're sorry about it being a little bit delayed. Um, for my paranormal week, I decided to move against, or move away from demonic possessions, because I realized that I have a very dark soul. 
And I've been going you went a little too obsessed. I I went a little too far with last the, the last episode and the episode before that. Wait, I don't even remember what the last paranormal episode was about. Oh, I was here. Hang on, I'll go back because I have it here. I think a lot of shit has happened since then. That was like four weeks ago. Not what? Holy crap! Was it really? Yes. Holy crap. No, that was Albert. Albert Fish was the true crime one from two weeks ago. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, maybe it's in my other one. I know. No, no, no. I did the Exorcist House. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was no, I didn't. Yeah, I did. Whatever. Uh- <laughs> the first. I think this is only going to be our third paranormal one because yeah. We were doing every other or whatever. And this is week six. Okay. The first one was about that family. The toy box killer. Mm-hmm. And the other one. Okay. The second one was... Wait, the toy box killer. No, I'm talking about... Um, oh, Paranormal. And Lorraine Warren's Yeah, case. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, that one, because you did Harold, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Don't be speaking that to me. <laughs> yeah so then i did the exorcist house yeah okay and you did that plantation in louisiana oh did i yeah Mm. well i was gonna do it again today so episodes canceled you're hilarious I'm, I'm really getting, I'm so starting funny. to distinguish. After four <laughs> years of friendship, I'm finally starting to distinguish when she's being sarcastic. <laughs> and what laughs are real, because that one was. This one is not. <laughs> All right, moving on. So I chose a hotel, a hotel that I've actually been to, and I have a couple of stories to associate with this, it's called the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. Okay. Many of you will know this hotel because it is actually where Stephen King got the inspiration for the occult classic, The Shining. Mm-hmm. So, there's not a whole lot of backstory because not a lot of bad stuff has happened here. Um, it's just really haunted. Just, yeah. Yeah, I bet you I could guess a couple of things that have that have happened there because at every fucking haunted hotel, there's at least like three brides that have killed themselves. <laughs> well, I haven't I haven't found anything on that. There's literally nothing. Okay, so the main deaths that have happened there were from sickness, and that's it. Because this used to be God, a health retreat. Boring. It it is, but I got stories which make it interesting. What do you mean a health retreat? Like a hospital? Not necessarily. You know how back in the early 1900s, <coughs> late 18, early 1900s, where um, pulmonary tuberculosis was huge? Mm-hmm. And they used to send people to, like, hotels in the mountains and stuff for fresh air and no, relaxation. Oh, well. I knew that they would seclude people on islands and be like, if you're sick, go die over there and don't come anywhere near us. Okay, Jen, that's like the plague. That's not tuberculosis. (laughs) (laughs) Because tuberculosis can be recovered from eventually. (laughs) If you have the right conditions. But nice to know. This is. Nowadays. Now. (laughs) Janet. I swear, anyone even coughs, you think it's the plague, and you think they should go to an <laughs> island to die. <laughs> uh, all I right. know, last night, I was sitting there, and I was like, we should all schedule a day to go get our flu shots soon. And Trey and Ryan just looked at me and ignored me, and I was like, I was fucking serious. <laughs> like, do you think I'm kidding? We all need to get on this. So if a bitch makes me sick, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> you're about to shoot me, but I haven't had a flu shot in three years. Well, I guess you're going to have a nice flu shot this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. All right. All right. Moving on. So the, uh, the Stanley Hotel was actually built by Freeland Oscar Stanley. He was the inventor and... <coughs> Um, 
founder of the he was the inventor of the Stanley Steam engine. Oh, okay. And he founded the uh, Stanley Steam frame fame. Wait, country. is there a cartoon Co- about that? Um, Stanley Steamboat Willie. Uh, no, isn't that train called Stanley or whatever? I have Maybe no. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no clue what you're talking about, Jennifer. Go ahead and look it up for me. But let me know when you're done so that you can actually hear the story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I used to watch it all the time. Oh, it's Thomas. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Thomas the train. (laughs) Jen. I don't even know what to say at this point. <laughs> oh. Alright, guys. This is what I have to deal with all the time. Um, <laughs> so, Freeland Oscar Stanley actually was sent to the Rocky Mountains by his doctor because he himself suffer- suffered from tuberculosis. And the, the... The doctor ordered that he get fresh air, you know, and seclusion away from. So him and his wife, Flora, went into the Rocky Mountains in Estes Park area. And Flora fell in love with it. Absolutely fell in love. So he ended up buying the property from a Irish Lord Dunraven. Mm-hmm. And um, building the Stanley <coughs> Hotel. Uh... Oh, so she fell in love with the property. Yeah, she the... fell in love with the, the forest okay, and the so mountains they, and they stuff. they built it. Okay. Yeah. And um, it was opened July 4th, 1909. When did they buy it? Uh, very early 1900s. It didn't take long to build it. Okay. It just said early 1900s whenever I was looking it up. Okay. Um, and they built it as a resort for the upper class who lived in that area because they, they based it on hotels back east. Mm-hmm. And they also used it as a health retreat for people suffering from tuberculosis, since those mountains helped um, Freeland Stanley get better. A lot of people would benefit from having a place to stay up there. <clears throat> the hotel was probably the height of all splendor in the across the entire you know North America, and um, it was great, and it was running wonderfully. For about 60 some years um, and by that time it had changed <coughs> it had gone and Stanley had sold it rebought it because it went into foreclosure sold it again and then sold it to another and then that company kind of let it go get run down uh, and by the 1970s the splendor had kind of faded and it was ready for to, for the wrecking ball to be torn down. Mm-hmm. Until, um, in, I believe, 1974, when Stephen King and his wife decided, you know, we're going to stay here. Because they closed it for the winter. Since the winters get so bad up there, it was only open during the summer. Uh, it was almost inhospitable during the winter. Because you couldn't get into town. You couldn't do anything like that. Yeah. Stephen King stayed for one night and left. That's it? He said he could not stay another night. Because of his experiences there. Oh, okay. Um, And that (laughs) one night inspired the entire book of The Shining. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He stayed in room 217. Um, Maybe we need to go and stay in room 217. Oh, I've, I've been in it. Did you stay in it? No, we didn't. We can't afford to stay in the Stanley Hotel. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? How much is it? Uh, for one night, it's like two hundred and something dollars for a regular room. For the Stephen King room, it's like four hundred. I mean, you got that money, Jennifer? If we went and like brought air mattresses and shit, we could get a group <laughs> together. <laughs> it would only be a dollar a piece. <laughs> <laughs> But here, this is why I have a screenshot of why <clears throat> Stephen King only. When Stephen, when King and his ri- wife arrived at the hotel, it was closing down for the season. And they were only uh, overnight guests there. They ate dinner in an empty dining hall with a pre-recorded orchestra music playing. 
uh, playing in the background before retreating to their room on the space spacious yet eerily empty second floor. King woke up in the night to a terrifying dream about his three-year-old son being chased through the corridors and screaming. King jerked out of bed and realized it was just a dream. He lit a cigarette on the balcony and the plot for his now famous book had shaped up. That's a very famous scene in Shining. Have you seen The Shining? I don't know. Oh my gosh. You would know. <coughs> Jack Nicholson. Um, I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but I don't. That would have been when I was young. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another. There is a ghost that's said to haunt that room also. Her name is Elizabeth Wilson, a.k.a. Mrs. Wilson. She was the hotel's head housekeeper and during a storm in 1911 was injured during an explosion as she was lighting lanterns in room 217. She survived, though broke her ankles, and her spirit seems to be a regular in the room. Guests have reported items moving, luggage suddenly (coughs) unpacked, and lights being turned on and off. When was she, um, when did she die? she died of like old age after but she like that's what i'm saying is none of these people that supposedly haunt this place really died there unless they died of sickness then they must be like just can't leave because they they feel feel attached to it or something um guests have reported uh luggage unpacked lights being turned on and off Mrs. Wilson was old-fashioned. She doesn't like it when unmarried guests shack up together, so some of the couples have recalled, reported feeling a cold force come between them. <coughs> What's her name again? Elizabeth Wilson. Okay. Okay. So that was the room that... Um, yeah, no, and we, whenever we went to the second floor, it's actually right next to... Our, our next most haunted spot in the place and me and Katrina actually experienced something here. Katrina's my older <coughs> sister. Um, but his room is 217 and then there is this place in the, the hotel called the Vortex. Mm-hmm. And the room is basically right here and then there's the staircase here and the Vortex is right here. Right next to his room. Okay. So, you Why know what? Why is it called the Vortex? It, it, the Vortex itself is actually a rapid transit system. So, it's like a, a, a funnel of energy <coughs> that spins. Okay. And it's said to be um, a, a natural funnel of energy for spirits. That's one of the reasons why it's there's so many spirits there is because there's this naturally occurring thing mm-hmm. that kind of spirits can pass through and come into our world and stuff like that so it it was one of the weirdest experiences i've ever had so the tour guide asked for volunteers and of course me and my sister being like "Woo, this is creepy let's do it children Mm -hmm. we stood back to back and if you stood anywhere except this one spot it was actually pretty warm the heaters were going um there wasn't any airflow and it was just, it was just different. And if you stood in this vortex thing, the there was an air circulation spinning in an exact circle around us, going counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, counterclockwise. And it felt about ten to fifteen degrees cooler than any other spot in the room. And it also felt like you felt like your fingers tips and your skin like tingling. Weird. Yeah. It was <coughs> definitely unique. Did you get any pictures? My dad has some, but I, I don't have them. Oh, or he okay. took them and... Yeah, I don't know. Um, another place that was that is super haunted um, is the concert hall. And I think I've told you about this one. Mm-hmm. Um, the concert hall, uh, there's a couple of spirits that are regulars there. Paul is a very well-known, friendly spirit, and he's kind of the um, head of, like, maintenance. Okay. And he was in charge of enforcing curfew, which was 11 p.m. So if guests or workers are in the concert hall after 11 p.m., they'll hear, like, EVPs of, like, get out and things like that. 
not super forceful and there's never really yeah. been a malevolent feeling but they'll just evps like that have been caught and there's been like a ton of orbs and and stuff captured and and like even an appar- like a half apparition of a man has mm-hmm. been captured there a half well it was like a torso and a face oh well that's not scary <laughs> <laughs> Um, another, uh, <laughs> another fav- famous, um, spirit that has been manifested there is Flora Stanley, wife of the, uh, the builder. hmm And she plays piano. Oh, so she died there? No, she did not. She just loved it so much. Mm-hmm. If she loved it so much, then why the fuck did they sell it? <laughs> I, I don't know. <clears throat> That's what I want to know. <laughs> they sold it, like three times i know i'm like why are you doing that um so that and then there was this like there's this lady there's this lady ghost that they've named lucy they think investigators think that she was kind of like a homeless woman that was camped out in there whenever Mm -hmm. it was going to ruin and that she died on the property um but she's super sweet and she interacts with people she's very intelligent responsive responsive things like that um, so I have two experiences that happened in the concert hall to me and family. And I really wish we would have gone in the overnight tour, but we didn't have the money. <coughs> it was like 75 bucks a person. Yeah. Um, but how many, of, how many of y'all were there? Uh, it was dad, me, Brittany and Katrina. So four of us. Oh, okay. Uh, Amber and the kids were. did not come on the tour okay um so we went and we were touring the like the basement of the concert hall and i had my dad's phone just out recording and we stopped in front of this this doorway that apparently used to be like a servant's quarters and i looked through my through my dad's camera and there was a giant ball of light like the size of my fist that zoomed from the top corner of the door down to the bottom and disappeared Damn. And it got, like, cold. And there were, like, four other people that saw it. Hell yeah. So Validation. It was, yeah, I didn't, like... <laughs> and I. it wasn't like I was like, did y'all see that? It was... I hadn't they said, said anything. They were all like, whoa, or did you guys see that? Like, all, all four at the same time. I'm like, okay, so I'm not crazy. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, and, um... There's actually another spot that I was talking about that goes with the concert hall and my story. So, there are underground caves that connect the buildings that are made of limestone and quartz. And have, like, an higher, a higher concentration of limestone and quartz than almost anywhere else in the area. <clears throat> Which, quartz... I don't know about limestone, but I know quartz are, like, conductors for spiritual energy, aren't they? Like, what kind of quartz? There were a lot of rose quartz in Colorado. I don't remember what rose quartz is for. I know that it's, like... Let me look. Okay. But there were... What was I saying? Yeah, there were underground caves that connected each of the buildings. Because there's the concert hall, there's the main hotel, and then there's the carriage house. And this the staff would use these underground tunnels to go from building to building. Okay. It says that rose quartz is considered a love stone, brings love of self, others, and in any situation needing love. Calming and peaceful helps us to understand our emotions and create emotional healing. Okay, and Rose Quartz are the pink ones. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that I always found in Colorado. I don't know. But there's also a lot of others. So, could be just a mixture. Could be. Um, but the, uh, there was a room in the carriage house, or in the concert hall, excuse me, that had an entrance to the underground tunnels. Mm-hmm. And in this room, there was, like, a couch where I wanted to... I wanted to sit down and look at the pictures that I'd taken to see if I saw anything. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy in the room with me. So my dad moved this heavy metal door, pushed it all the way against the wall, and picked up this solid wood, 
heavy chair and put it in front of the door. Mm-hmm. Right? And he left, and he looked at me, and he said, if you need anything, call out. You don't want to leave me alone in a room with a man. Understandable. I was, like, yeah. 11. <laughs> <laughs> or something. But I'm sitting here, and I'm looking through the pictures, and I hear, like, like, something like that. But it was, like, carpet. So, it was, something so like moved. like a scooting yeah. noise. Um, and I looked up and I looked at the guy and the guy looked at me like shocked, like he heard it too. And we both kind of looked at the door and the chair was moved out from in front of the door. My dad put it in front of the door about six inches Mm -hmm. and it wasn't in front of the door anymore. And I stood up and I said, dad. And right as I did that, this heavy ass metal door slammed shut. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I swear, on the Bible, I am not lying to you. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. And all I remember doing is this guy that I'm in, this grown man that I'm in here with, takes off down these fucking cave hallway and leaves <laughs> me. <laughs> Where was your dad at? He was, in, he was in like three rooms down, and I'm just screaming, Dad, Dad, Dad. And my dad is having the hardest time getting this door open. And then out of nowhere, it just he just throws the door up, and he's like, what the, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah. So that happened in the concert hall. Jesus. Yep. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm panicking a little bit. Uh, Hold on. Okay, it's going. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> Alright, so moving on from that traumatic event in my history. <laughs> Wait, did you go did you get to go down the the caves and stuff? No, I left. I was not about to go. Obviously there was something that wanted to keep me in that room. I was not about to let it happen, okay? That was not a moment where I was Jen. No. <laughs> if something Jen, promise me that if you go into a haunted house and it slams the door and tries to lock you in a room, you will leave the second you get the chance. Because I'm not I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know about that. I feel like I would want to go explore the caves. <laughs> Maybe chip a couple quartz off the walls for myself. You know, I used to think that you'd be the one to survive a horror movie. <laughs> because Bitch, of your you know literal... you damn well I'll be the first motherfucker out of that thing. <laughs> okay, side note. I have to tell you. <laughs> when I was in Florida... I only did it as a joke because I knew it would be funny. But um, my mom and I were swimming in the ocean. <laughs> and we both, she felt a fish. And she's like, oh my god, that was a big one. So we both started freaking out. And I was behind her. So I hurried up and swam in front of her. And I pushed her behind me. And, <laughs> and swam front. And she was like, you little bitch. <laughs> Oh, that shit. is an accurate representation. I only did it because equipment. it was funny. We were already in like three foot deep or like four foot deep water. <laughs> but that is an accurate representation of uh, Jennifer's fight or flight. <laughs> <laughs> she will never have so to fight funny. because she's the first one to take flight. <laughs> oh, oh shit. All right. So another a room that is super haunted on um in in the the Stanley Hotel mm-hmm. is room 401 and uh more than a century ago the entire fourth floor was actually just the attic that um housed the female staff children and nannies mm-hmm. because back then you know in the early 1900s children were were not seen or heard from um, except at social functions, mm-hmm. whenever their parents went out, the socialite, you know, society. Yeah, they had to, like, play behind doors and stuff like that. Yeah. So, they kept all of these kids up in, like, a glorified attic. Um, and there are reports of, you know, children running and playing down the hallways and stuff like that. <coughs> and, and in this room, 401, there's a closet that keeps opening and closing on its own. More on that in a second. So on the tour guide, on the tour guide on the tour, we went into this room, and I, th- I'm pretty sure this is the room that we went into. There's the spirit of an old man 
it, he's supposed to be Lord Dunraven, mm-hmm. the guy who originally owned the property, who would actually go to the hotel all the time. Oh, okay. Um, and he was a pervert, like hardcore pervert. So it's said that this closet that keeps opening and closing, if a woman steps into it, she will be groped. Ew. And stuff like that. And there's a funny story that the tour guide told us is, and like a an older woman, probably in her 80s, decided volunteered to go into the closet because every once in a while they'd ask, anyone who wants to go in can go in. And so they closed the door. They left her in there for about 30 seconds and they opened the door and they were like, all right, are you ready to come out? She's like, close the damn door. That's the most action I've gotten in years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that is so funny. (laughs) Oh, shit. Good for her. (laughs) And um, another thing on the tour, this actually happened to Katrina. Um, There's this spot, there's this square in the hallway on the fourth floor that they invite people to stand because that's where all the children would play. It was on that square where all the nannies, there were seats where they could watch the kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you can stand on that, on that square and the tour guide will be all like, all right, let's all hold hands and you can feel someone grab your hand. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, I felt my hands get grabbed by two little hands or, like, if they felt like hands, but they were small. Mm-hmm. And they only, like, were, like, right there. Mm-hmm. Well, I told you that this place was, like, a tuberculosis hotspot, right? Mm-hmm. Katrina had the hardest time during our first tour of this place, because we went twice. Um, our first tour, she felt like after that happened, after we all stood on the square... She said that her throat and chest felt like it was on fire. And she was, like, sweating and almost passing out. She was crying. She was in so much pain. And the <clears throat> tour guide was talking to her and, like, were, was, like, petting her hands and stuff. And she said, Johnny, let go. Johnny, it's time to let go. She needs to go home. The tour guide said that? Yeah. And all of a sudden, after she said she needs to go home, Katrina, like, instantly said that she felt relief. Who the fuck is Johnny? Johnny. I just got chills. Johnny is a little boy that died of tuberculosis at this hotel. Oh, my God. Oh, so it's not recoverable. Well, it can be. (laughs) There are people who have survived tuberculosis, Jennifer. But. I know that. But, yeah. So, that was an experience that Katrina went through. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. She still, to this day, gets chills if she talks about it. Um, room two, or room, excuse me, 428. Um, nothing super exciting. People hear footsteps and moving in the room above them, but there's no room above them because that's the roof. Okay. <laughs> and then there's an apparition of a friendly cowboy that appears at the uh, on the left corner of the end of the bed. Um, no, thank you. I don't want to be watched <laughs> while I'm sleeping. Um, and then the grand sta- staircase is actually pretty haunted. They catch apparitions there all the time. So this is one where there's actually two different ghosts in this picture, if you can see it. So the first one... There's a little girl in white on the staircase. Oh, shit. You can see it? Yeah. All right, and then the second one is actually another child in, like, a red shirt. Wait, that's an apparition? That's what it says. That looks like a real person. Here. Oh. (laughs) I'll show it to you after we get off, because I'm not throwing my phone. (laughs) Send Um, it to me real quick. Okay. I want to look at it. I'll send you all three of them, because this is another woman on the staircase. Send it in messenger so it'll be quicker. Okay. And then this is supposed to be, because, um, Freeman Stanley, I think that's his name, Freeman, whatever, Mm -hmm. is actually said to haunt the billiard room, because that was his favorite room of the hotel. And that's supposed to be his apparition. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hang on, I'll send these to you real quick. What the hell? Yeah. Look at this rat's nest. Eh, you're still beautiful. I'm currently sporting the homeless lady who took a seven-hour nap. Look. 
Wait, that's actually a thing? Because I'm pretty much like that all the time. Yeah, and I have a freaking rat's nest in my hair. Alright, I said I'm too. Okay. Um, so basically that's that's it. There, Like I said, there isn't a whole lot of crazy history. Ghost Adventures did an episode on the Stanley Hotel, and there's a segment where they say that the the carriage house is haunted by a malevolent spirit, but I've literally found no evidence to that fact other than their their episode. Whose episode was it? Ghost Adventures. Oh. They always find something. Yeah. So. Okay, so where is the red shirt supposed to be? He's going up the stairs. Oh. I guess... I mean, it's blurry and stuff, but it's almost like a kid's just running up the stairs, you know? Yeah. So it didn't get, ca- like, caught very well. Could be. Oh my gosh, the one of the lady is fucking crazy. Because <laughs> she's just oh standing there. Yeah. Oh, plus she looks like a nun, so mm-hmm. there's that. And that then is so cool. Yeah. So there's not a tragic dark past, but there are a ton of spirits that are attached to this place. And that's one of the coolest parts is that Stephen King recognized that in The Shining, too. Mm-hmm. Because there's, there's a ton of everything there. In, like, in the movie, even. There's supposed to be, like... And The Shining is... what? Okay... Maybe I haven't seen it. It so. stars Jack Nicholson. And it's Is he a killer? Uh kind of. Okay. It's like this place manipulates him into murder. So it's like a mixture of paranormal and true crime. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Awkward pause aside, let's go. Your turn. <laughs> oh, you're done? Yeah, that's it. I told you oh. it was short. <clears throat> Well, I mean, it, it was like 20 minutes. Well, to be fair, we paused and talked about other things a lot. Okay. <laughs> okay, so my place is um, called the Catfish Plantation, and it is located in Waxahachie, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That's actually the reason that I even took notice of it. I was watching a show, and I can't remember what show it is now, and I can't find it anywhere on the internet, but I know for sure that I was watching, like, haunted places in America, or, like, haunted restaurants, something like that. But it's a restaurant. Okay. So, um, I'm just gonna read you what they have written on their website, and then I'll tell you, like, what the ghosts are said to do and stuff. But, um, it's supposedly has four ghosts that are there. So, it says, the term haunted, as any respectable ghost hunter will tell you, is a relative term and often misunderstood by the public. But one thing all paranormal investigators agree with is that the 1895 Victorian at 814 Water Street in Waxahachie is most definitely the residence of several earthbound spirits. Um, in 1984, Tom and Melissa Baker found the property, which had been empty for several, for several years, and while it was not the perfect location to start a restaurant, they both agreed that the house had a certain charm that could not be denied. Neither were big fans of, par- of the paranormal, but shortly after purchasing the property, things began to happen that would not make them, or that would make them true believers. While only the couple had the keys to the building, Melissa began to find that she was obviously not the one, the only one with access. One day, she came in to find a large tea urn with with neatly stacked coffee cups inside. Wait, what? A large tea urn? Inside. What's a tea urn? An urn with tea in it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Coffee cups inside of the urn? Okay, whatever. I'm guessing she... That's a typo. But anyways, um, which had somehow been transported to the middle of the floor, far away from where they belonged. On another morning, she came in to find fresh brewed coffee waiting for her. 
Once opened, employees began to tell strange stories. A fry basket levitating in the kitchen, a glowing blue light illuminating a room that was otherwise empty, and the ghostly figure of a bride standing by the front window. The sheer number of reports was overwhelming and paranormal investigators were invited to give their impressions of the old house. Which, I don't know where the bride would come from, because she's not mentioned at all as being one of the ghosts that haunts the place. So Maybe there's someone else, like, someone who died on the property adjacent or something? I know, I'm like, what, the ghosts just have their little ghost friends come over and... <laughs> hey, if I was a ghost, I've had a rave every night. Hell yeah, I'd be haunting the shit out of some people. <laughs> That'd be so much fun. I, I, I was thinking that, too. I was like, that, that would be so fucking fun. <laughs> Especially with how, like, evil we are. We'd be like, hey, hey, throw that cup and watch them piss themselves. <laughs> I'd be fucking shit up. Anyways. <laughs> um, Goodness. The sheer number of reports was overwhelming. Okay, I already said that. Um, what they found was a list of characters from Waxahachie's past, each with distinct personalities, each existing independent of one another at the restaurant. Um, okay, so among the resident spirits is a man who likes to flirt with female guests, and he'll, while you're eating, he'll come around and, like, touch your knee and, like, stroke you and shit. Sir, excuse me, I'm trying to enjoy my food. I need you to calm down. <laughs> um, and he, he'll, like, play with your hair and stuff. Uh, no. Yeah, I know. He'll, like, stroke your hair and touch your knee and be a disgusting pervert. Um, a young female who seems confused by her surroundings, which might be the bride, but that's not what they said about her. Um, and her name, er, and then a girl named Caroline, a previous owner who sometimes becomes short-tempered because she sees herself as still being the head of the household. Oh, okay. So she'll, um, she's the one that was doing the tea and the coffee and everything, and she'll, I'll tell you more about her in a minute. But, um, in 2007, the Bakers sold the restaurant and its ghostly inhabitants to the Landis family who invited the nationally acclaimed Association for the Study of Unexplained Phenomenon to investigate the location. Um, using state-of-the-art research equipment, the 40-year-old ASUP confirmed several spirits who freely interacted with the field investigators. All of the spirits at the Catfish Plantation are categorized as friendly and positive. According to the group's chief investigator, in a later TV segment, filmed at the Catfish Plantation for the Travel Channel. See, it doesn't say what it was, though, but that's where I watched it. Um, one senior investigator was sitting in a side room talking about the history of the building when he noted a shocked look on the faces of several of the folks in the room. A ghostly apparition had come to the doorway from the nearby restroom and hovered behind him for several minutes, only to de dematerialize when one of the people interrupted him to say there was a ghost standing nearby. The ghost apparently was pleased to hear this story. Today, the catfish, the catfish plantation and the Landis family is dedicated to offering the best in Cajun-style cuisine. Okay, so. Anyways, um, I want to go there soon. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> it's not that far, so. It's very far away. away. It's fine. They don't. Nobody's going to find us. It's fine. <laughs> That's not a challenge. Anyways. I was about to say, Jennifer. So, um... I have... He's so irresistible. Okay, so... Here is... Some of the spirits. Sometimes they mention the woman who's confused, but then other articles don't mention her at all and say that there's only three spirits. So, I don't really know if the third one is just made up. Or, I mean, the fourth one is just made up. Hmm. But, um, <clears throat> Elizabeth is, oh, okay, 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 I see, I see. Um, now I see. Maybe I just didn't read this one right. 
good enough. But um, Elizabeth was murdered in the house back in the early 1920s on her wedding day. So no wonder she, they saw a bride. Okay, yeah. For some reason I didn't connect that. Um, but she was murdered by an ex-lover. Um, being murdered on her wedding day wasn't Elizabeth's only misfortune because she still resides in the building to this day. She's often found in the bathroom but has also been seen looking out windows and bursting through doors. I'm here, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Please don't burst through the door. <laughs> That's a little excessive. Um, and then Will was a former owner that died in the building from a sickness, and he still too, he too still resides at the plantation. Will can be seen on the front porch in his overalls and felt touching legs and female patrons. Remember, he purrs really loudly. I'm holding a cat, guys. In 1970, um, Caroline passed away. She's the the head of the house. um, In the building from old age. And she had very set ways that she continues to share with the restaurant's employees. Um, She loved cooking, so she usually hangs out in the kitchen. But she hated alcohol so much that um, the staff has to lock the wine glasses away in an armoire so that she won't fling them across the room. Alright, that's a tad aggressive. <laughs> Maybe she had, like, an alcoholic husband or something. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, apparently the, the wine glasses weren't lasting very long, so she, they had to hide them from her. But, um, Caroline also likes to brew coffee herself, and she'll rearrange the, the supplies in the kitchen however she wants them. So, random acts includes banging on the walls, food being flung, which, why the fuck do they need to fling the food? Don't be doing that. Right. That is just rude. Doors <laughs> unlocking themselves, lights going on and off, water being turned on, equipment, equipment doors being opened and closed, and deadlocks chiming, or dead clocks chiming. Um, <clears throat> so, let me read you some of the experiences. Okay, so there's another one about Miss Baker and her coffee thing, so I'm not going to do that one. Um, Restaurant employees began to tell Mrs. Baker how coffee cups were flying through the air all by themselves across the rooms and how a can of freeze-dried chives suddenly left the kitchen shelf it was on Hmm. and flew across the room, spewing chives all over the room as it sailed by. Food has also been known to fly out of nowhere, hitting the employees. Okay, maybe that's why it's fun, because Caroline is like, bitch, I don't, this, no. This is not how this works. Yeah. She's trying to do it herself. Caroline becomes angry and frustrated because of all the strangers in her house, and because her family no longer comes home for meals. She used to spend a lot of time preparing meals in the kitchen to feed her family. That's sad. (laughs) Anyways. Wine glasses are smashed at such a quick rate that it's hard to keep enough in the restaurant. Um, Elizabeth made her first appearance dur- during a scene or, or a seance. Sorry, today it seems like I don't know how to fucking read. Yeah, same. Okay. <laughs> um, first appearance during a seance held in the dining room, led by a local woman with psychic talent. There was knocking on the walls, dishes rattled in the kitchen, and the lighted candle in the middle of the table came up like an explosion like an explosion of light. Then the kitchen door flew open with a bang, and a young woman dressed in an old wedding gown floated into the room. Psychics identify her as Elizabeth. Okay, first of all, that sounds like a fucking movie. Like, that sounds like the... What was that movie called? La Llorona? That sounds like some shit from that movie. <laughs> The Curse of La Llorona? Yes. Yeah. That's scary. Okay. Her presence is detected by the sweet scent of roses, moving cold spots, and she actually makes appearances. This ghost likes to materialize by the bay window in the front of the restaurant and wistfully looks out toward the direction of downtown, either standing or sitting at a table near this bay window. 
She also likes to reach out to people, touching them, and is known to follow customers home. Okay, what? <laughs> Hold up. I'm going to say Hold no. Up. Hold up. It's it's a no. I just me. read that and then and then realized what I read a second later. <laughs> like, okay, please don't come home with me because we already have a lot enough shit going on in this house. <laughs> Jen, we're not going there. <laughs> hey, it's been on my list of places to go for like six years. <clears throat> um, while Mrs. Baker was doing some paperwork one evening. She felt a gentle, cold sensation just on her right hand. She thought that Elizabeth was holding her right hand, but about 15, or for about 15 minutes. So, I'm like, why are you holding my hand? Um, a dad, mom, and their baby sat down at a table near the bay window and told the waitress that the baby's name was Alicia. While the mom was eating her dinner, she happened to look up from her meal and saw that the name Alicia had been written in the in the mist of the window. I think they meant to say on the window. This writing was confirmed by the waitress and Mr. Baker. No one living could have done it without being physically seen. Okay, you just had a ghost identify your baby. You need to leave. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, leave the children out of it. <laughs> um, Elizabeth once followed a lady customer home from the restaurant for a short visit, perhaps prompted by this lady's sympathetic thoughts for Elizabeth. Felt and expressed during the lady's meal. Oh, God. Yeah, we definitely can't go because your ass will be bringing the whole fucking place home with us. <laughs> I'm a sympathetic person, Jennifer. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about you being sympathetic. You'll be sitting there thinking about all of them the entire time. And then I'll be like, wow, she really likes us. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay. Um... Elizabeth appeared to her by her bed at 11.30 p.m. that night. Ooh. I have... Oh, God, no. This gentle ghost woke her up and gave her a gift of an old-fashioned powder box in the shape of a lady. After hearing a kind voice saying, Here you are, this startled lady saw a solid apparition of a 20-year-old woman from the waist up between the bed and the bedside clock. The woman's face was seen quite clearly and was serene, poised, and calm. She had gentle, earnest brown eyes, straight, fine, light brown hair, which she wore close to her head. She was wearing an early 1900 afternoon beige frock that had a moderately low, round neckline that was decorated with lace and embroidery. Damn! Alright, that's pretty vivid. Okay, that doesn't sound that bad because it doesn't seem like... I just mean or anything. I hit something, guys. That's my bad. Um, the third ghost, Will, likes to mainly hang around the big front porch, though he does cause some of the cold spots in the restaurant and maybe some of the other unexplained phenomenon. Um, police pulling up to the restaurant have seen a man dressed in overalls standing on the front porch. When they get out of the car and walk toward him, he vanishes right in front of them. That's the pervert, dude. Okay. There are also other psychic phenomena that happen at the restaurant that are general symptoms of hauntings. There are many cold spots throughout the restaurant that move around. Broken clocks with missing parts chime intermittently. Locked doors unlock themselves and unlocked doors lock themselves. Lights go on and off by themselves, as do the water faucets, and the refrigerator doors open and, and close at, at will. You guys, that's gotta be a bitch if you're coming home and you forgot your key or something and you left it unlocked and it's locked. Mm-hmm. Like. You're like, hey, I left this unlocked for a reason. <laughs> um, okay, so that's the end of some of the experience. But um, there was a group called Fort Worth Paranormal that um, investigated it and they... they I am so sad that we didn't get word of this because they hosted a, like, investigation party and there was, like, a bunch of people that came to it. I would have been so down for that. I know. I watched the, because they filmed the video and, of like, the introduction and stuff and basically they were just like, we have 
a professional paranormal group here and you're going to get paired off with a professional and you're going to get to go and like and it was overnight and you're going to get to investigate the house and all that stuff it, it looked so fun that so. sounds really fun yeah and they like got to, to eat and like drink and like investigate it was it's it looked really really fun so when they do on their next one? I know. <laughs> After I saw that, I was like, I really, really, really need to just look and see if we can find anything like that. Well, mm, I'm, a, I'm gonna stop. Okay, I'll tell it to you after we stop recording, because if I keep bragging on them, they're probably gonna sue us. Yeah, don't be saying shit. <laughs> I'm a po-po lady. Okay. I got like five dollars. <laughs> Let me make sure that there's not anything else crazy. Of my feet real quick. So, anyways, um, okay, here's the one about the girl that no one else really has mentioned except for the people that own it or whatever. Um, her name is supposedly Lola Roller, and um, sounds like a prostitute. Yeah, I know. Um. It says that each of the ghosts at one time in their lives resided at the house, with the exception of Lola Roller, who was murdered nearby in a fit of jealous rage by a veterinarian in 1929. That definitely sounds like prostitute. Mm hmm. So, um, here's some of the experiences from, like, the waiters and waitresses and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it says that um, at some point one of the waiters came up and said, it's hard to explain to them that the ghosts are acting up and I'm sorry but it's going to take a little longer on your food because they keep knocking the plates out of the server's hands. Um, <laughs> uh, get a new job. And then they said, it's just very frustrating. They turn off the ovens while we're trying to be on a timeline to cook something. They'll turn it off and we'll go back and the oven is off and things are, aren't aren't done. I'd be frustrated. Like, I'm trying to do a job, guys. It says, when it first happens to you, the first thing you do is look at the person next to you because you think you're having some sort of neuro neurological issue. When something raises up into the air in front of your face, it doesn't register in your mind. You think, wait, no, that's not supposed to happen. And then you you look at the person next to you and you're like, yes, we saw it too. And you're like, thank God, I don't need a CAT scan. <laughs> mm -hmm. But anyways, so, yeah, that is the Catfish Plantation and we need to go to it. I really do want to go, but I'm kind of nervous because you're probably right and I'll bring something home with us. What the fuck are you doing, you psycho? <laughs> I'm playing with fire. <laughs> Put it down now before you fucking burn the house down. It's still on fire. Is that a fucking Q-tip? Yes. <laughs> Dipped in wax. I promise I'm not an arsonist. I just like fire. I'm deleting all of that. <laughs> Alright. So the catfish plantation that actually sounds something that I really want to go do. And it's just a it's just a restaurant now? It's always been a restaurant. Yeah. And what is it, Cajun food? Yeah. I like Cajun. But it food. says that it's like seventy five dollars for two people to eat. Ugh. So it's a high priced restaurant. But well, I mean it has to be with all those ghosts wasting all that damn food all the time. Yeah. Could you imagine it's, it's like their grocery bill is insane because they waste half the damn food. Yeah. It sounds worth it to me, though. Plus, whenever I was watching the show, it, it looked really, really, like, it looked fun. Is the food any good, though? Um. Like, that's my main concern, is if the food Some of the reviews were, oh, shit, I hit the mic. Um, some of the reviews were not good, but the, those sounded like people that were, like, uppity. Oh. Yeah. So. We're they not did uppity. get, like, 4.5. 4.5 stars most of the time. Okay. So, good enough to me. 
I mean, some of the restaurants we eat at here don't fucking get, deserve like two stars and we still eat there. So. <laughs> I know of one that actually sounds really good right now. What? Bills. Oh, that does sound good. I got a car. Hang on, let me see if I got money. I have a car too. Oh, that's right. They don't have to take our car anymore. Yep. This is what it's like. Having two working vehicles. <laughs> oh, never mind. I have two dollars. Damn. <laughs> it's okay. I don't feel like taking a shower. How do I have two dollars? I will need to take a shower if I go in public, so that's not happening. Yeah. We got Until food tomorrow here, I when I have to work. Just make some sandwiches. I love how we're just sitting here talking about sandwiches? food. <laughs> we have bread and meat. Well... You have that carab or that like carabas like sauce stuff, and we have French bread. We should mix some up and eat some French bread. Carabas like sauce. Stuff? The seasoning stuff. The oh, bread dip, the okay. bread dipping yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Unless the boys took the bread with them to work, but that would be very rude of them. Well, they did buy it for themselves. That'd still be really rude. Like, what if we want bread? Because <laughs> <laughs> they wanted some French bread with their. Alfredo, but now that the Alfredo is gone and they've never made their bread because I think they expected me to do it. Uh, no. Um, the worst thing you can do is expect me to do something without asking. Because <laughs> that ain't happening. Yeah. Um, so now I want some bread. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Did you get any creepy facts? Yes, I have a creepy fact. Okay. Alright, so the bottlenose dolphin is one of the only animals on the planet that actually enjoys causing painful death to others with no benefit to themselves, other than amusement. Like, they don't eat it. They just kill it for fun. Hmm. No wonder I like dolphins. (laughs) (laughs) Jen, sometimes people might think you're a budding psychopath. I'm joking! (laughs) Jokes, people. Jokes. (laughs) She is really obsessed with true crime. (laughs) yeah oh shit alright well thank you guys so much for listening sorry it was so late Um, don't forget to subscribe and follow us on our social media and hit us up with some stories if you have any that are really cool yes please send us your stories please and we want to hear from people oh we do or if just shout out if you actually have been listening and tell us what we're doing right and what you think we're doing wrong and yeah. Constructive criticism, guys. Other than being a day late, because, listen. <laughs> Life happens. happens. <laughs> now that I'm back from vacation, things will go according to schedule. Yes. So. They will. Alrighty. Well. Peace out, creeps. Bye.